rainy days, Mondays always get me down.
Sing it. You want to just sing it? Sing it. Sing it. We'll try it. Ready? What? Quiet, please. Quiet. They're all watching you, Dave. Come on. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. Did not you for the summertime
safe, I better be clear And I can't say baby while being in here
something for y'all here. Woo! Yes, indeed. A little something will dedicate to all you people who are sweating out there on the dance floor. This little love song is something entitled Hot On For No One.
some noise tonight. That's what we like to hear. With Van Halen, I think I already told you that. And we got a Van Halen tragedy for you all right here. <laughs> Woo! Well, we're playing on a good Tuesday night tonight. I encourage you all, feel like, if you feel like dancing, go on and shake it up a taste. Or if you feel like romancing, that's no waste either. You know what to say? I want to thank Rodney Bingenheimer, where I see his hair right from here. Hey, Rodney's the man who brought us in here on the first try, so we say thank you to him. And you can hear him on Carol Q now, speaking of Pasadena. He's going to be a good man on KROQ every Sunday night, and he's broadcasting right from the old hometown. So give him a listen here. We love you, Rodney, and we're going to show our love for you by showing our love to someone entitled Show Your Love. Sound all right so far out there? Hey, all right. You think you can handle it? Boy's gonna sing. Ba -da -ba 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 -ba. 
dedicated to a little place that we sometimes play out in deepest, darkest Pomona. Half a million miles out in the middle of nowhere. We play a little biker bar now and then. And we're going to dedicate it to one of the men who had that fight just a couple nights ago. It's a highway song, and he was a bad dude. So we'll say it's a song called Dead or Alive.
summertime at all. <laughs> I know there's a few of our sunbaked bodies in here tonight. We're gonna do a beach song for you all and we'll dedicate it to everybody who's got a little bit of sand in their britches tonight. And come on over those waves. We'll say it's coming back. Thank you. Well then, uh, <laughs> notice the flow from song to song. <laughs> We'll do another summertime tune for you all. Now, we had to retire this one. Woo, that monitor's breaking up. We had to retire this one because of the winter months coming around. But now that it's summertime again, friends. Now, I got to adjust myself right here. <laughs> A little something entitled Ice Cream Man. Let me see how I'm in tune. It's close enough for rock and roll, huh? Are we coming out there, my bro, up there? The man in the booth is smiling. Woo! Yeah. Are we coming out okay? Can you hear that? Yeah. I sometimes say, hey, need something to keep you cool. Push up to I'm not 
to be serious, it originally started out that way. I say, all my flavors, 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 all my flavors. Business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend.
You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of... Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah, L W F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. That's every Sunday, two p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, five percent. Five percent. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. Five p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, uh, uh, let's watch full-length full movies. Oh, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, See you next month. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with a white material. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good Sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
Brandon Fapping. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge with the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) All right, Carl, here's my new theme song. W A F L M O Y 
T. Flip, 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 flip. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Mike. That stands for Mike Spiegelman. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Mike Spiegelman, aka Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. <laughs> Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L-W-A-F-L. You know, you're right. It does stand in the end. In the end, when all analysis is done. <laughs> Who is behind the curtain? The man behind the curtain, Mike Spiegelman. Oh well, thanks. So please, please, please. No, I couldn't do it without me. <laughs> I couldn't do it without me. Please. Yeah. Uh, Carl, I'm very excited. Uh, we watched a full-length movie on YouTube. These are movies that I've always read about, and uh, now with YouTube, I don't have to read them. I can just directly watch it. So we want you to watch a movie with us. So you'll be going to YouTube on a different machine, and uh, when we say go, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the yeah. same time. Exactly Carl, what right. is the movie this week? Well, I'm not sure. I think it is Tracks. Yeah, right, it's Tracks. 1988, and I think the channel we like is called Jeffrey Sawicki. Sawicki. Yeah. Now, the reason I'm unsure is because this is the old switcheroo. You will yes. get through this film, and I will be the audience. Normally, Carl watches a movie three times, researches it off of the wiki, off the IMDb, and then goes from there, goes into interviews, go into old articles. Right. I'm I'm now doing the uh, uh, research. However, this is a movie that we've done twice before on the show, oh. and I don't think I need to, to add anything to it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I have some information. I wrote down some stuff. Um, and As long as you keep tracks... Keep tracks of tracks. So tracks is so we want you to go find the link, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero, and uh, the count three we are going to go full force. Uh, uh, Carl, I'm very excited to announce that we have a celebrity comedian yes. countdown. Yes, yes, celebrity comedian to do the countdown for us, and um, selected from around the world. Right. Uh, what part of the world? For chance, do you think this comedian is from? Okay, so today we will focus <clears throat> on a comedian on the East Coast uh, Ooh, of novel. the United States. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, this uh, comedian it, it, is below um, 
the Massachusetts Boston area, which you're very familiar with. Sure, and yeah, above, uh, it's above Philly area. It's uh-huh. above Philly area, but it's, it's not a, Manhattan. This is another week of another New Jersey comedian, is what you're saying. We had a couple weeks. We have a couple episodes in the can where they're not from New Jersey. So, well, listen, but, I right. stepped out of my front door and I was setting out to scour the country, but I didn't get very far before I bumped into a comedian. I just happened to be in my own home state of New Jersey. So yeah, I- well, you can't, you can't throw a dead comedian without hitting a cat in an expression. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you probably put a, a note in Facebook saying, "I'm looking for a comedian to do a show," and a hundred million wrote to you, and four of them committed. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and one showed. And one showed. Well, let's listen to the person who showed, and we'll be back for the movie. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Blake Champlin. Blake Champlin. How Yay. are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Carl? All right, good. Now, as we speak, I'm sitting here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey, but you are in Indiana. Where exactly? I am in the southern part of Indianapolis. You're in Indianapolis itself. You know, I went there for work, and it was sold to me as a metropolis. <laughs> There's the population. You know, it wasn't so hustling and bustling. This is where you grew up in Indiana? No, I actually grew up in a small town about 25 miles south of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. If it wasn't for a global pandemic, you and I would never even know each other. That is correct. So I was doing, okay, I had this open mic called The Boiler Room, and I thought Corona was going to last three months or so. And so I was doing a Zoom to remind everyone, when we're done, come on back to the open mic. How did you discover uh, my Zoom meetings? That's a good question. I'm sure I found it on Facebook. I don't need, you might have been on Displaced Comedians. I'm not sure. Because mm-hmm. um, I did quite a few different online mics and I found them in, in various ways just from uh, searching on Facebook, so I'm sure I found it searching on Facebook. This is happening all over the places. People are doing uh, open mics in uh, the UK, uh, in you know just any country. I have even had on the Zoom mics that you used to visit uh, people from uh, Asia, and for them the clock was flipped. It was the morning when we you know 9 a.m. when it was 9 p.m. for us. So I guess yeah. it was probably New Jersey comedy open mics or, you know, it had to be a specific uh, Zoom. It had to be a specific Facebook group to New Jersey because that's only where I advertised. Did you okay. like, look around, you know, and bump into other state? How did you go? You don't remember how you found us, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't. Um, I just I know I spent a lot of time trying to find stuff because I, in a way I was desperate. I would, I knew that if I didn't keep myself active with comedy, uh, cause you know, we didn't really understand what was going on with the whole COVID situation. Right. I was afraid, I was afraid that if I didn't stay active, that I was going to lose my drive. So yeah. I just, I just kept searching and searching and, uh, found a bunch of mics and I did, uh, quite a few mics in other countries as well. So it was pretty amazing. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, Corona is a negative thing. COVID is a negative thing, but but that's one of the positives that came out of it. Out of it. We're working from home. We're being on Zoom. We're meeting people from other states and other countries. And they're becoming friends. You know, I really think you and I are becoming friends. And yeah. thank you, global pandemic. <laughs> right. There, yeah, you're right. There's been some good things. Uh, because I had originally had some other plans before I knew that uh, Corona was going to happen. And so I ended up getting stuck here in Indianapolis. Not that that was a bad thing, mm -hmm. but uh, um, basically I, I made so many good friends here while I was being, while I was stuck here when things started slowly opening back up that I decided that I'm going to, I'm probably going to be staying here for a while and I'm happy with that. But mm -hmm. I also, I also realized that during this all, all this time that Indianapolis actually has a pretty good comedy scene and, uh -huh. and the proximity from Indianapolis to surrounding cities like Cincinnati, Louisville, Chicago, uh, and, and, and smaller cities like Bloomington where Indiana university is and Fort Wayne, uh, it's it's a great location to be able to to travel within uh, a couple hours yeah. to to go do to go do mics and network at when like there you you can go to New York City which has tons of mics don't get me wrong but I I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of places other places you can go travel to. But well, I could be wrong be about surprised. that. Yeah, oh, okay. you'd be surprised because there's comedy scenes everywhere. Um, I get to uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Connecticut, and, of course, Manhattan and points in New York uh, sure. all the time. Just trying to get in front of strangers. We, right. I was hoping to bump into you when I went to uh, do a show with the Jersey Boys in Akron, Ohio, but you had a gig that night. Right, that is correct. You're blowing up. I see you on Facebook getting all these gigs. We're talking about serious lengths of time. This is kind of fresh, right? You're you're coming out of your, uh, your you are burgeoning right now, would you say? Yeah, I'm definitely noticing something going on. Uh, and it's been great. I um, and it's been it's been great. And it's been weird because I wasn't expecting it to happen like the way it is. But I guess. People just keep telling me that you know if you just keep doing what you're doing, that's yeah. why you're getting these things. And uh, and I, for the first time, I now have uh, actual shows booked every month through October, which I'm very Wonderful. excited about. Yeah, and I, you're new, right? How how long have you been doing comedy? It's actually two years this week. Two years this week. Wow. You are yeah. growing up if it's only been two years. That's really great. And you were trying to help me get into this Guddies Comedy Club. It's local to you. I fell in love with it on Facebook. I tried to reach out to that guy, but uh, I'm just too far away, I'm, I think. Yeah, so Guddies is a great place. That's my home club. Uh, Guddies is a clean comedy club. And I started going there. Uh, I actually went there the very first day they opened from the shutdown, mm -hmm. um, which, which was on my birthday last year. That was my birthday treat to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a show. And um, I started going to their open mics. I started going to uh, doing their improv because they also have an in-house an in improv group. Mm -hmm. And they, they all just welcomed me with, with open arms. That's great. Every, everybody was very nice. And... Uh, I could talk to people, which 
as you know, a lot of comedians have social anxiety. And so I, I always had a hard time talking to people, but with them, I just didn't. And I, I didn't feel, and, and it's nothing against other places. I just didn't feel that comfortable at other places. Now that doesn't mean people weren't nice there and, and they were, uh, it's just that for some reason, something clicked at gutties. So I thought, all right, I want to work on this clean muscle because all my jokes were lean and dirty. I was always yeah. writing dirty jokes and I didn't want to do that all the time. And so it's, uh, it's a, it's a great place. And, and, um, and the, I've been going there a lot now. They, they took me under their wing. They, they took a chance with me. And after going there for about a month and a half, they let me start hosting shows. Great. And, and I've hosted quite a few shows there now, and I'm getting ready to host there again in a couple of weeks. Um, and they, they finally started letting me do opening spots, which is great, which means I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting more material. I'm very happy about that. And, and they're it's opening just, another venue, right? Uh, they, they've been in talks of, uh, of expanding to other locations. Now I, I can't really give you details on that cause I don't mm -hmm. really know. Um, cause I know they're, they're sort because things are still in talks, they're sort of keeping it on the down low about what's going on. But yeah, they, they are talking of expanding to other places just because, you know, clean comedy specific clean comedy venues aren't really much of a thing and they're trying i believe they're trying to take advantage of that uh, you know working clean is part the ability to work clean it's part of uh being able to grow as a comedian to other places you really need to master that one of the things i used to love on the zoom is you used to take like a wooden spoon and use it as a microphone <laughs> funny <laughs> It was. Uh, it, the funny thing was, like, I just I just started doing it because it was actually it's actually a plastic ladle, Carl. So <laughs> obviously it was memorable. <laughs> but uh, I started doing it just because I felt more comfortable holding that in my hand, like I was actually holding a mic. Exactly. And, and uh, I found out after a few weeks of doing that that it was actually something that people remembered me better by <laughs> and i remember doing a mic and the first and, and uh the guy running it um said oh you're the guy with the ladle ah now i remember <laughs> you and that's when i thought hey i'm on to something here so i just kept doing it and uh and and several people bring that up occasionally so it's it's kind of cool that uh i actually i was doing something right i was like oh okay this is good <laughs> One of the mics that we did, you did half of the open mic in, in the car. You were driving. By the ah, time I remember. Got to you, you had arrived. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and actually, that was after I had just got out, I think, of improv practice at Gutty's. And, uh -huh. uh, uh, and yeah, it was always cool. It was cool that you you weren't bothered that I could be in my car. It's one of the great things about Zoom. It brings us these sort of situations. And actually, it makes the Zoom room look pretty cool with you driving. You know, people are everywhere. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been I've been on uh, Zoom mics that, well, at least one that uh, one of the rules was you could not be in your car, even if you weren't moving. You had to be in a closed room. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and he... 
it was said that it was distracting so and that's fine it is, it is. It, i I, don't, I think it's a neat thing but okay okay yeah that's you know that's their room their rules so i uh i actually found out out the hard way because i was in my car the first time i got in that room and uh i had a i i was given a few choice words and the uh, the runner of the mic was not very happy with me and but he was cool enough to let me come back on on a later show so yeah well their mic their rules my mic no rules i know <laughs> now no recently you go ahead recently you've been incorporating in your act like a drum kit is that for the rim shot after a punchline or what are you doing so, with the drum kit okay i'll, I'll kind of give you a little backstory to it uh I actually, I had all these like one-liners that I wrote and they weren't working by themselves. And then <laughs> one day I just had this idea. I had this, I also play the ukulele and I had this little riff. Uh, I wrote a song around this really simple riff. And uh, one day it just kind of dawned on me. I wonder if I could tell some one-liners on top of that. And uh <laughs> I was always afraid to try anything new at a show and I was so confident in it. I tried it at a show and it hit and it hit really well. And right. so I was really happy, but then over time it started like losing its power and I thought, okay. And I kept going to, going to this mic uh, in Indianapolis where they had a drum set. And I thought, I wonder if I could do that over a drum set. And this was just about a month ago. And so I tried all the one-liners on a drum set and it hit really hard. That's and great. Yeah, and uh, I just, I play a little beat. So I'm telling the setup on, with a beat over the top of it. And then I stop and then tell the punch. And then I do the rim shot and go right into the beat again. That is great. And, and everybody who's seen both that and the ukulele bit said so the drum set is is much better than what the ukulele bit was so now, i'm pretty happy with that uh, okay so blake champlin you are blowing up how can people find you out there online um well my uh i'm i'm under blake champlin on facebook uh blake i think i'm uh, at blake dot champlin on instagram mm -hmm. And that's really about all. I have a TikTok account, but I haven't used it yet. Uh, I haven't, I haven't decided how I'm going to use it yet. But um, I, I still don't have a Twitter or anything. I'm not sure I ever will. But right now, that's that's where you can find me. Find this guy and book this guy, okay? <laughs> the clock is tick-tocking on his tick-tock, but he'll get there. So why don't you kick us off? We're all going to watch this movie at home, and you can give us the countdown. Everyone's going to hit play at the same time. Go. All right, everybody. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. This is a Dino De uh, Larius production. Now, you know, he went bankrupt when this movie uh, came out. Oh. Yeah, they wow. had, he was cranking out movies and uh, stuff like Jay Leno and Pat Marina comedies, and they just weren't doing anything. So, by the way, they're in Texas, and there's a shootout going to happen in a pet store. So this is high stakes. And that's tracks right there. You see that guy with the brick for a face? Not that guy, so, he's mushy. 
No, that yeah, Trax is this the guy. other one. Trax is the one with the hat on, right? Right. You can't miss him. He's a Texas cop with a hat on. Okay, Just so Trax is the one. He's got the badge on the forehead, right? Yeah, not the other guy. Okay. Is he wearing Whether a they sell shirt with a uniform? Do you think that's an actual yuppie pun in there? Because it says guppies and yuppies. Yeah, so the, they probably the have a few young white rich people in cages in the back <laughs> for the texas folk get yourself uh, a yuppie this one's from connecticut look they just happened to be a skateboard lying around not in my town he's he's gonna pull the old uh michael j fox yep exactly what he's gonna pull so are we gonna do a death count in this movie so so far one person got shot in the uh is that rick overton rick overton's in this movie uh-huh you know, he won't let to... him. He won't let him not. He won't let him surrender. <laughs> so the my brother Adam has a podcast called Proudly Resents, and back in 2013, he interviewed this guy Shadow Stevens, and they uh -huh. talked a lot about tracks and a lot about his career. And uh, I basically my research is to it. So this is a 15 million dollar <laughs> budget movie. And they spend most of it on the town he's going to visit. He's basically getting kicked off the force right now. Oh, he's a familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't know his name. Right, Listen, I want to say that my research is stellar and kicks butt. <laughs> yeah, you have great state. So he just quit. And that's not the first yelly cop captain we're going to see. He okay. He didn't get let go. He qu he quit because he was about to let get let go. Oh, maybe he got let go. It's been a while since I moved. But the point is, he's he's now a mercenary renegade. Okay, okay. He's a okay. So he's going to start taking the law into his own hands. Yeah. Well, when town folk need him, it isn't like a bad thing. Okay. Okay. When town he's going to stumble into this town, and they spent a good budget on this town. Uh, and he's going to see that that the poor old people are being manhandled uh, man and ransacked by these evil guys. Okay. So he comes in and he cleans up the town tracks. Great. And there's Robert Davi. You know Robert Davi from uh, Showgirls? No, I'll know his face probably. Oh, there's no way you can't miss his face. He, it looks like he's pinched his nose and, and left it that way. Look, Michael Caine edited. You're going to have to give me some <laughs> quiet time before I edit this film. I can't edit with my bloody hand killing people. Now, this guy, Robert uh, Gary De DeVore, uh, who produced this movie and wrote it, this guy is an unfortunate character. And... Uh, the interview brought it up, but he he thought this was going to be a huge hit. And <laughs> Shadow has a problem with this movie because he really liked the script. Okay, three more people are dead. It says like five people already. Uh, and uh, Gary DeBoer De kept rewriting it and just okay. doing strange things like putting like electric chairs in the town square, just all this crazy shit. And um, kind of ruined the movie. Uh, he drove him crazy because he knew it was going to ruin it. So, you know, uh, Shadow was saying that he was drinking, the, the producer was drinking, but mm -hmm. they found him, he disappeared. And they found him a year, like a year after he died, 
uh, in his parked car under the overpass. So I have, uh, his disappearance was a big mystery to everyone who knew him. Happily married and with several, this is IMDb, several major scripts under his belts, rumors ran rampant about the cause of banishment. Despite various theories of carjackings, he, has bull, bull, bull. Uh, he apparently just fell asleep and drove his SUV into a California aqueduct. The time really? of his death, he was driving home working on a script with Marcia Mason and her family in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And this mysterious disappearance prompted amateur sleuth to retrace his route, tracked by credit card receipts and contact chips with his theory of running off the canal. Chip was initially skeptical due to the lack of damage of the overpass rails, but they soon discovered pieces of auto body parts that matched his Ford. So the producer of this movie uh, basically drank himself to death according to shadow, but they found him a year later in his car. So it's kind of a tragic story. He like did a mystery disappearance. Like I'm tired of this life. Yeah. And he really just, yeah, I have a better car off the road and nobody noticed for a year. Wow. Yeah. And he, he wrote like raw deal. You know, he was running scared. The one with, uh, Gregory Pines. Yes. Uh, Gregory Hines, excuse me. Uh, and, uh, kind of ruined this movie. So, it's a little bit of a disappointment. Okay, so now now we're in Nicaragua. He's a vigilante. He's a, he's Rambo with better hair. In 87, so it's still before this movie comes out. Look at that terrible hair. It's terrible, that hair. Uh, yeah, that's Shadow's bread and butter, that hair. Well, everyone you know, you know his hairline is receding now. He needs some bangs. He loves cookies. Trax wants to do nothing but bake cookies. Oh, that's and he a will big at the end for him. Cookies are like a weakness. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. And at the end, he opens his own store called Snacks on Tracks. Snacks by Tracks. That's very nice. <laughs> very nice. He wants I've, to be the next. I've never anus. appreciated cookies' names because you they're called cookies because you cook them. But don't you cook so you know you cook everything? So why does you cookies bake. get the you know? What's, should they be called bakeys? Right. That, thank you, Michael. That was exactly where I was going. It's not even fair to call them cookies. You don't really cook them. You bake them. Hang on. I'm writing this joke down. Shouldn't they wait, be called bakeys? Wait. I'm doing it at the open mic. Cookies. Uh, the roof I is on fire. They get. And look what is. <laughs> while you write my joke, here he is making cookies. Oh, he's doing the great. <laughs> he's punching <laughs> the eggs. Yeah, right. Oh, he looks like he's well, horrible the, at cooking. Okay, and the then, best thing about this movie know? is that it's so violent, and then it's mixed with him baking cookies. Like he kills dozens of people, but he his real passion is cookies. Oh, I don't think he kills so many people. We're only up to five. No, he killed a bunch more in Nicaragua. We didn't count. He's terrible at it. <laughs> He's good at killing. This is a comedy. Cookies. This is a comedy, I guess. You, yeah, yeah. And you know this. The soundtrack is is pristine. That's the, we have to like blast the final song, but okay. you know it's that '80s like everything's great when you dream real big. You know what I mean? Like that kind of inspirational power rock. It's probably with a horrible drum machine beat. Well, you need the drum machine because you you're not going to pay for a drummer. Not in the 80s. That was too, you know, 
It was the rainy you know, Shadow talks about the drum machine. Shadow talks about the music in this movie when he when my brother interviewed him. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis was the, his company was going bankrupt, so the film right. kind of never really got released. It got edited twice. He Shadow is an accomplished editor, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why in a second. But he, in the interview, he was saying that he would edit the movie for free, and they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to pay for an extra copy to hand hand to him. So ultimately, this movie wound up on HBO. HBO hired their own. He offered to do the editing of this film? Yeah. So Shadow Stevens, you know, he came from the world of advertising and radio. And one of the things he was best known for prior to this movie was there was a consumer, uh, like, uh, electronics store. Remember we had, like, consumer electronics in Montclair? Crazy Eddie. Okay. Oh, consumers. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so it's a giant, like, uh, Crazy Eddie's. So they sell, like, different stuff. It was called Federated. And he did a a string of ad campaigns where he played Fred Rated. And he's kind of like a fast-talking, like, 80s guy. And uh, they did a bunch of commercials. And he would crank out, like, five or six of these commercials uh, a week. And the yeah, idea was yeah. that they didn't want to air the same one twice. He said that, like, he, you know, he destroyed a TV set. He doesn't want to be destroying the same TV set over and over again. So it was these, like, kind of Max Headroom, know what I mean, Vern, more like smart-ass cookie. Okay. Uh, so he'd be in a boardroom, and he'll be giving out his ideas. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of crazy Eddie type of stuff. So he made 1,100 of them. And he was saying, and this movie is actually uh, – he said it was on YouTube, but uh, he Are we did in a. New Are we in New Orleans? No, this is all Texas, my friend. Okay. This is okay. the ruthless, the lawless streets of Texas. See, you can't even get into your car without getting assaulted. Gotcha. Wow, in Texas. Yeah, this is a real the, uh, the the lights on the side no, of the car. That's different. Well, this is they built this town, so and then they got a bunch of stuntmen getting thrown out of the windows. So this is this is they spend most of their money on this set. So we're watching a set. We're not watching. I guess it's no, a this controlled is a, environment, and that's the argument to make a set. But oftentimes, I've thought to myself, if the set looks like what's outside your window of the set, why don't you just go outside and save a bunch of cash? Well, you could tell it's a set, like the outside, like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, people get smashed through windows, but you'll see throughout this movie, well, when Trax cleans up the streets, you'll see the old couples stick their heads out the window and nodding approvingly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't get that on a regular street because right. it must be sometimes windows don't open. But these stunts are nuts. Like, the great joy about this movie is that it is a comedy, and it's the most violent comedy I've seen. Now, did Rambo you know, just, and other films like that had come out already, and that was this was the parody of those? It was of the genre of those. Like, they would fit under this. I guess this, he's more of a – his background is that he's a Rambo, right? Okay. He's in Nicaragua. But this is – he's more of a cop. This guy is Sean Hancock, the police chief. And uh, Carl, he was on Streets of San Francisco. He was in uh-huh. Roots the Next Generation. Uh, he was in a, a TV movie called The Girl Who Stopped the World. He played Goldtooth, and then they made a TV series called Stop Susan Williams based on it, where he played Goldtooth. But you know him as First Family as President uh, Calandra. 
and the guy died at 51, 1992. I, I see his face and I know his face. What was the one I would know him from, the sitcom? Uh, First Family, the, the movie. Oh, oh, First Family. Is he the way? That's He's the one the, with Bob Newhart? Yeah, yeah. And Gilda Radner, yeah. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, he, he was in Airplane 2, and then, of course, he was in Duke's Hulk and Greatest American Hero, and he passed away in 92. <clears throat> you know, that film was great because Gilda Radner in, was in it, and Gilda Radner was the most funniest person in the whole world because she died. Yeah, and you know, her movies aren't that many, right? I mean, she's Haunted Honeymoon and... Uh, the thing is, did... Gilda Radner was very, very funny person. She was really great on Saturday Night Live. But because she died, she was the greatest comedian of all time, you know. She gets a lot of see, street cred. Did you ever see her live movie, Golden Live? Maybe so long ago. Yeah. Terrific it was, stuff. So this... This guy who's smiling, his he's, his character's name is Dieter. Dieter's going to become uh, pals with uh, Trax. And oh, he's going to help Trax. Did just miss some body count? Oh, we're done with the body count. I, oh, I can't, we are? I'm... I stopped at five. What, what, what are we up to? Dieter doesn't die. I know his face, too. Dieter's going to He's going to lose some blood later, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Look how good is the shooting. Now, one of the things Shadow was mentioning, so by the time it got to HBO, they didn't hire an orchestra. They just had a guy add the music for like $1,500. And the music is terrible. Another post-production thing they did was they never added sounds of the, of the uh, guns. So what you hear mostly when the guns go off are the uh, starter pistols or whatever they have on uh -huh. set. So you don't hear pa-ching. You hear like, right. yeah. I mean, there's some sound effects added to it. I don't know. Have you ever seen dollars for the music, that is just. That is a coup. I mean, that yeah, is a budget to write home about. <laughs> of course, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Well, you know, this movie, I first saw this movie because I was at the Tower Records outlet store. Remember how the outlet yeah. store was like twice as big as the regular store? That's and it was right. in every city? It would have every recorded record we thought until the internet came along. If you right. want to find it, that's where you'll find it. So usually like a town in New York or let's say San Francisco, there would be Tower Records. So there would be the one in the Fisherman's Wharf and there'd be one, I think the Fisherman's Wharf was a big one. I think there was another one, but then they would have like a classical annex and then they would have the outlet. And I know, I know the store that was the outlet where I found my video cassette copy of tracks uh -huh. is now a piano store or less, I don't know, pre-pandemic was, it became a pandemic, uh, piano store, but yeah, you, know, you would search through know. these tables. They just have card tables and they would put all these video cassettes on it and you would dig and you would find something like tracks and you'd be like, oh my God. So I don't know if it ever played on HBO. I'm sure it did because they own it, but I know it from the video. Now who, is that Dieter? Yeah, that's Dieter. Okay. And what was he in? Because I know his face. Well, he was in CB4. He played Trustus. I don't know. Oh, that's the uh, Chris Rock bomb. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed but that one kind of. You know, I enjoyed uh, Eddie Murphy's brother in that, but not until I knew he was Eddie Murphy's brother. Then I liked him. Huh. No, he was, I remember him uh, in that movie, and I thought he was really, really funny in that movie. Uh, yeah, but yeah, when he was on Chappelle's show, we were like, wow. Uh, the real world stuff was pretty funny. Yeah. He, 
so the guy's name was Pug, William Pug, uh, and he he was in my favorite uh, Twilight Zone episode from the 80s, Wordplay, where uh, this guy can't, the words start changing on this guy. So when people talk to him, they're like, refrigerator. He's like, what? Good refrigerator. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, it was a really good one. He was in RoboCop, too. Uh, he was in RoboCop also? No, RoboCop, oh. the sequel. These are some pretty good choreographed... Uh, I know him, I know him. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Now, so, what's going on? He's back in Texas in his hometown, and I don't follow, like, why are we in a brothel kicking ass? He's cleaning up the town. Look, look the brothel takes major credit cards. He's going into <laughs> town by town, and he's like, ladies, leave. Guys, I'm going to shoot. Oh, he shoots the toilet. Look at that, man. That's a good brothel, because you can take a leak in between sex, right? Yeah, why would they have a toilet like it was a prison cell? Weird. And there's no water in it. It's that... like a big toilet. If you shoot a toilet... <laughs> yeah, just kick the door open and it closed on them? Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Get, that get out. Okay, okay. Bitches out. Remember that RoboCop? Yeah, he's in just Robocop? shooting... RoboCop said bitches? Yeah, remember he uh, he walks in and there's these two ladies having doing coke with the guy and he goes, bitches out. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, that and look uh, at this. Look at this. It's daycare. <laughs> what a nice guy. Now, this is pretty much the gist, right? He's that shooting people in the hallway. He smiles at the kids and the kids knowingly smile back. They know he's cleaning up the town. Like... Well we continued our death. We gotta be up to twenty-five. He's got a gun to a kid. This is not the first time this is gonna happen. He looks like the third close encounter of the third kinds kid, but um, you know that guy grew up. Yeah, I don't think he was that in, in ten years later. Pow! Hit the belt buckle. Doesn't hit the kid. Out the window. Look at that. It's going to give him like, a nod of approval. He, he, yeah, he has these clever white guy things, he says. Like, you know, he wasn't coked up by this point. He did admit, Shadow admit, that uh, people know Shadow Stevens because he was the, he's an announcer. He did Craig Ferguson's show for years, but he's done the new Hollywood Squares and Hollywood Squares for, for you know, uh, uh, 88 to 2004. Mm -hmm. Those two shows ran. And he didn't, he wanted to be an actor, and he got Hollywood, new Hollywood Squares around the time he was shooting this. And he said, no, I'm an actor. And they said, well, whatever. Do you want you want a square? You can show up once a week and talk about your acting gigs. He said, yeah, okay. So he started doing that. And then they so said, So he got his own square, even though he was the announcer of? Yeah, well, you know, I do remember he would announce from the square at one point. They, really? he, became, he became a square. <laughs> and then they said, listen, we need you as an announcer. This is ridiculous. Yeah, right. So he said, okay. Uh, I'll be the announcer. Yeah, I remember some episodes where they would. Uh, he he kind of hosted, <laughs> he announced from the square, but he's done over six hundred episodes of, of uh, Hollywood Square. So he's you know he's known for that. He was on K Rock, you know when it was an AM station and turned to FM. Oh. He's 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 kind of known for you know voices and stuff like that. Well, that's he's, a very familiar name, Shadow Stevens, and I hope he never listens to this and gets insulted that I don't know who he is. But I oh, do yeah, know his face, and I've heard Shadow Stevens before, so. You would know his voice. He was saying, like, when he was doing these commercials, he got uh, a really bad drug habit. 
uh-huh. and he gained 50 pounds. He was on cocaine and meth and just eating hamburgers. <laughs> and uh, looking stuck. Yeah. Oh, so there's Robert Davi. You don't recognize this guy? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm trying to think of the film. He's always the bad guy, the thug, the... Uh... Yeah. Well, he has that line in the Showgirls where he goes, must be nice not having guys coming on you. Oh, okay. He was... Okay, so that's who you were talking about. But I do yeah. know his face from other things. I don't know what. Oh, he's usually on, like, uh, Law and Orders and shit like that. Gotcha. There he is. Look at him. I think he's like a conservative uh, celebrity, where if you check his Twitter page, you're like, what? I thought only liberals live in Hollywood. <laughs> so he looks younger here, but he never really looked, he's sort of ageless. Uh, when you see him today, he. I think it's like his face, like, you know, when he gets older, it looks more pinched. And now he's kind of useful and a little doughy on his face. Conservative in Hollywood. Now, this is crazy. Like, this is exploding not because of gunfire, but it's the squibs that special effects. Uh-huh. You know, so they're blowing up for some whatever reason, but it's not because they're uh, being shot, but they're using the same special effects. Where did we see Sky Ioni? Uh, and this... Oh. <clears throat> Was it that one about... Guy. They were living on uh, boats in Petaluma or something like that. Sausalito. No, that was the one where the uh, flea came as a as an alien. Oh, oh yeah, right. The guy from Terminator. That's why I was confusing him with this guy. Gotcha. Well, he hung up so hard that the screen that the Charlie's Angels speaker. Yeah, we broke. That's the reason why I was exploding. He was yelling so much about what tra the damage tracks has been doing. Oh no, this tracks has got to be stopped. Is this the big bad guy who's going to stop tracks? Who's going to drive? But Davi has these henchmen, which just kind of ruin the movie. Oh. They're like, well, not really. So you see the put upon accountant he's talking to. Yeah, he's going to have kid. to. He's going to have to bring desperados to town, and they're going to be in a limo. And these desperados are like tormenting the guy, and he's just kind of snivels. This okay. guy has better hair than Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at him doing it. Yeah, Dobby's crazy. Choice, Mike. I have to commend you. This is a pretty cool uh, parody here. This is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's just so joyful and just so, like, delirious. He's Bugs Bunny from Frame Man. So do you recognize this one? Yeah. Wow. Pamela Barnes. Uh-huh. Now, Pamela from Barnes. Dallas. Not from Dallas. Yeah. I think she was in uh, Dynasty or something like that. Well, Pamela Barnes was really a woman on – the character name on Dynasty. The Barnes family was against the Ewing. Oh. Yeah, and pa that Pamela married a Ewing, and they were pissed. She's like, we loved you at Dynasty. That's just the character's name. She, well, her and Suzanne Summers kind of have a weird history. Oh, uh, she's Sus from Three's Company. Yeah, so she gotcha. replaced she replaced Suzanne Summers to much degree. And then, years later, Pamela Barnes was in the pilot for She's the Sheriff, and they decided to go with Suzanne Summers instead. Ah, that's justice, probably Suzanne thinks. But she yeah, was I guess. the third one. She was the third choice. She wasn't the second Chrissy. She was the third. Really? There was a Chrissy in the middle. 
I didn't know that. Was it uh, one of the Manson women? Like Tweety? <laughs> I just see your face in my mind's eye. I don't know. <laughs> well, what's going on? Well, I Usually I'm, I'm telling you the plot as we go. Well, the plot is simple. See, this, this is she's like a councilman or something like that, and she really wants the town clean up. And she likes this tracks guy who's uh, cleaning uh -huh. up the town. And he here's here's his hangout. Not only does he hit, he lives in the woods on the outskirts of Texas, but he bakes cookies. That's perfect. And I, I think she broke the fourth wall and looked straight at the camera. Well, you know the way people act. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this movie. Uh -huh. I do think the main actors do a great job. Like uh, Dieter here, uh, William Puck, he holds this film together, you know, like uh, he Was just he plays part along of 1980s old school rap breakdancing or something? Because I know his face from that kind of movie. I didn't, you know, I, I actually looked through his history because um, I had seen him in Trustus. You know, I, I knew him from CB4. Like, it, it, that's a big mm -hmm. role. He was in Color Purple, Amazon Women on the Moon, Robocop 2. Color Hills got Purple. It. Okay, okay. The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. The, the <coughs> Boring. Oh, and then the Carl, he was on Hill Street Blues and TJ Hooker. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. His last movie was called The, the Bottoms. D-A and then Bottoms with a Z. It was a TV movie. The Hill Street Blues Have Eyes? He was in that. Part two. Look at he's got is this the wooden spoon and fork in his in his utility belt. <laughs> With his gun. He's a. Uh, the cookies are like cat food cookies and and. Uh, there's, there's one with tuna fish, and there's one with, like, he calls them doggy drops, and they're, they look like shit, like little squirrels. But why is he making them? He doesn't own a pet. He's just he's just very passionate. See, they'll taste it, give a look, and they'll say, what is it? And they'll say, like, sewer water. It's very important, the cookie part. Mm -hmm. He wants to be, like, famous Amos. He wants to see the new famous Amos. <laughs> he can spit it out behind his back. <laughs> Not very good cookies. He's no pussy, so he'll never be a cookie puss. Here's my manager. Uh, let me talk to Cookie Puss. Cowboy still kicking butt. That's the headline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was no internet back then, so you had to buy the newspaper. Yeah, they still had clickbait. It was more like buy the paper bait. I would, you know, remember like you would be carrying your your groceries in one hand and you see the newspaper vending machine and so you kind of wrap your hand or your shoulder around the bag. and you Yes, right. We've all been there. He's like, where's my cook I, uh, cookie ingredients? So, yeah, this is like a slow point right now. They haven't shot anybody up. He, Shadow Stevens also, he made some, I read about him in Spin Magazine. How about that? Oh, Spin. I remember Spin. We used to, I used to buy that every now and again. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a website to browse to, so Spin would, right? Well, Spin's still around as a, as a website. They, Bad guys. Have, but it was, it was like he had a full page photo of, it was him and his hair, and he had made a TV show called Shadow Vision. Uh-huh. Uh, How great like, is this guy? He's got a long career, and I was alive at this time. Oh, I'm telling you, like, this movie is great. 
you know, and he kind of regrets it, uh, but he, he, he appreciates it, but he, uh, he has a long career. Yeah. Do but it sounds Larry's? like it's real ups and downs. I mean, you know, like being the star of a movie is an up, but being an announcer on a game show, that's, that's pretty a up. down if you used to be in a movie, you know. Well, this is the movie he was in, and it didn't go anywhere. So in oh, he this was, was the one shot he you, had at making a movie. You, or... you know, like Dave's World? Do you remember Dave's World? It was Harry Anderson playing the, the columnist Dave Barry. I don't. I, I, I know that name. Mm-hmm. His neighbor was Shadow Stevens. So there was like 87 episodes where he uh-huh. actually was an actor. And he, he was a sitcom guy. Gotcha. So this guy was always on the periphery of uh, entertainment. He was always in it. Yeah. But never the... Uh, no, I think he's he's royalty. I mean, he was a radio uh-huh. guy. He the, the Fred rated commercials made him like a Vern. Uh, was uh, that where was that located? Because Federated bought Macy. Federated ended up being like a big chain owner of department stores. But what? But Federated was local at that point, and with like a Crazy Eddie's, like a it was. Computer. Yeah, so it was West Coast. It was Arizona, uh-huh. New Mexico. It was parts of Texas and California. Okay, this and, is why uh, I missed that. They called it bludgeoning advertisement. Uh, it was eleven hundred uh, commercials, and he would do like five five a week, and they would change every ten days. And he was kind of he would always refer to like Bassomatic, the Dan fast talking Dan Aykroyd guy, and. Uh, Oh yeah, he got a two. Page, he got an article in Time Magazine for the advertisement, a two-page spread. He said mm-hmm. the documentary is called "Laugh Now, Think Later." Uh, in the 2013 interview, he said it was on YouTube. I'm sure at this point, if if it's not on YouTube, it has to be on Amazon Prime or one of the free streaming services. Okay, but check it out. "Laugh Now, Think Later," and it's basically a collection of the commercials as well as the documentary of, of making them. So maybe I really see. respect that he was like, we're not showing the same one twice. That's really great. Yeah. Well, you know, people had TV and they would watch TV and you would always talk about the commercials. And if the commercials were new, then that became your new kind of feat, you know. It's kind of like an art form. Uh, you know, it's supposed to just be selling stuff. But if you're doing a new one each time, what's he going to do next? It's kind of yeah, like right. a show. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, like, you know, with us East Coast kids, we're like, what's Phil Rizzuto going to say about the money store now? Yeah, that's right. Now, that's relatable. Nobody would know the money yeah. store out, out in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no one knows Phil Rizzuto for the money store. By the way, what's he yeah. doing right now? Was he saying, that's it, we got to clean up this, we got to get rid of this guy because he's... Cleaning up our street. Yeah, but these these desperados are the worst, and they're they're tormenting. Look at them; he's just out in the middle of the day. All this you know, weaponry. Mike, back in the day, I I did go to the money store, and um, I bought two tens and a five. Uh-huh. I bought two tens and a five, and the bill came to like twenty five bucks. I was like, "Where's my big savings?" <sighs> Yeah, they don't make it. How do they make a profit? Is it true when you went to the money store, it was just a storefront? Yeah, it was just like a the storefront. Right. And inside, you know, they had all the money. Yeah, I was like, I'll try it, you know. And I was like, let me get uh, two tens and a five. 
Did you see that guy run into a phone booth? Yeah, and it was, he smashed it. He didn't turn into it's cleaning up the town by just this is all a set. Yeah, he's wow. just cleaning up this town by shooting everybody in it. That's a bit of a waste of money, right? Yeah, well, they didn't have any budget for anything else. Oh, no, right over movie. that dude. Yeah, but only once. You got to run over him twice in this movie. This movie, you have to run over him twice. <laughs> it's like. And that was a witch. Out. That was the Wicked Witch of the East. Man, the uh, Wicked Witch of the West is going to be so pissed off. Do any of the cops recognize Shadow from before he got let go from the force? Is he seeing any old cop buddies there? And they're like, why are you going rogue? And This is a different Texas town. Oh, 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 okay. You see, he got kicked off the force for excessive force at a pet shop 